Welcome to FoxCast Physical Therapy, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org. All right, welcome to the show. I am physical therapist Stuart McKay. I'll be your host today. Alicia Van is a physical therapist and one of my colleagues at Fox Rehabilitation in Virginia. Uh, Alicia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. I'm excited to be on the show. So we kind of cross paths uh, internally on social media, and we're always looking for different things to talk about, whether it be straight up clinical knowledge and application or different aspects of working with older adults. And you brought up a topic. We've never talked about that. Let's jump in. What are we going to be talking about today? Spirituality and religion and its impact on therapy, PTOT and speech, really, it impacts all. What's your experience with spirituality of your clients coming into play with you as a clinician? Are there a couple of ways that you've experienced this before? So I've been working with Fox Rehab for almost two years now. Being that I'm closer south, I'm from upstate New York, so yes, Virginia is considered south to me have a lot of older adults who have a really strong belief system. When I first started working with Fox, I didn't feel comfortable bringing it up. But as I have grown in my own personal faith, I've found myself more comfortable bringing it up with my clients. And it's hugely important part of their health that a lot of other healthcare professionals and therapists miss out on. And I just have felt really strongly and passionately about having these conversations because it really does impact their quality of life. But you've got to be able to do it tactfully, I imagine, as with most things you're yeah. going to be discussing with clients, that's probably the first uh, step. You can get a great response. So we're going to go away for some uh, some ideas on how you can do that. Where do you want to start? Mm-hmm. Let's start by just reviewing the six different types of health, just kind of giving us a more holistic view of a person. It's not just a shoulder retreating. It's not just a hip. It's not just balance. There's all, all different aspects of health that are important, including spirituality. All right. Six types of health. Where do we start? What's number one? So number one, physical, probably the one that we as therapists feel most comfortable with, their functional mobility, strength, balance, those sort of things, you know, the ones they preach on in school. The second being emotional health. So that would be happiness sadness, level of stress in their life, just different quirky personality traits. So that's its own category of health as well. Third, looking at mental health. I think people are talking about it more, at least in the past five to 10 years, like depression, anxiety, other types of mental illness, which that comes up a lot with my clients, especially people get older. There's this study that I got a lot of my information on. It's talking about the psychosocial factors in aging by um, Dr. Lair Helm. She's a psychiatrist in New Orleans and she that has this whole article that talks about um, different psychosocial factors that we need to be considering as people age, depression, anxiety. She found that between 6 and 23% of older adults that are in the community have depression, have anxiety. Those type of things are hugely important to consider in terms of mental health. Absolutely. Um, so that's right. another huge one. So we're halfway through. That's three. What are the other three? Fourth being social. So having a social support system, having a social life. A lot of our older adults are lonely. Quite frankly, I know me treating, I'm a full-time clinician. I've average age of my clients is 80 out in the community. And quite frankly, they get lonely. Their kids have grown up. They have their own lives. They've retired. So social health, I know we touch on quite a bit in the community. The fourth aspect being environmental I find this a lot with my OT colleagues. I'll refer a lot to OT in terms of a home safety evaluation and looking at their environment and how that's impacting their health. And then sixth being spirituality, which of those six, I mean, this is completely anecdotal, but I feel like as physical therapists, that is the hardest one to discuss is spiritual health, especially if you yourself don't have 
face, which it doesn't matter either way, but it may be important to your client. So we have to kind of try to find a footing to bring that up, even if we don't have a belief system, to kind of understand how that's impacting their themselves as a whole person, because they are not just a shoulder. They are a person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've gone through the six types of health, and we decided we wanted to focus on that last one, that spirituality. Where do you focus on in terms of the impact of that spirituality on an older adult's health, maybe someone that you're treating? Going back to that article I had previously discussed with you, the article said about 96% of Americans in general believe in God or wow. some sort of higher power. Wow. Yeah. And 90% of Americans in general report praying regularly. So just think about how if this spirituality really is like a huge, like the number one thing that they're thinking about every single day, think about something that we're missing out on that could tie into their plan of care. So going off of that, there's three different areas that older adults that have a belief system are utilizing to kind of help them cope with whatever they have going on. Prayer being the first one. Um, this can go across and span any religion, but older adults that pray tend to elicit this relaxation response that can bring down blood pressure, bring down heart rate, and help with metabolism, and also just help in terms of social health. Older adults feel as if they're helping. If we are able to feel more comfortable talking about spiritual health, we may be able to educate on these areas like prayer helps you with coping with this, especially some of these people who have long-term illness. Um, a second area the spirituality impacts older adults is coping. It helps older adults to cope with negative experiences later in life. They may feel like they can turn over their issues to a higher spirit. They can turn over their issues to God, which buffers the impact that these stressful events have on their life. So somebody who was just diagnosed with Parkinson's or just diagnosed with MS, maybe they just had a stroke. So if they're able to find a way to cope with these things, it really helps to improve their overall quality of life. It may give meaning to these experiences to them. It may help them to highlight opportunities for them to grow through this pain and suffering. I know me personally, I, I work with a lot of older adults who have some scary diagnoses. And they are getting to the end of life. So they are thinking about these higher powers more often. And when I have these conversations with my clients, they just feel like they're being more heard and they feel yeah. like their quality of care is better. It's a big impact. Yeah. And the last area that older adults are able, better able to do if they have a religion, which going back to that statistic, 96% of Americans do have some sort of religious belief. Forgiveness, they're able to forgive others more easily, which overall helps their mental health. They're less angry, less hostile. They're not holding a grudge. And actually, forgiveness has been linked with decreasing their risk for cardiovascular disease. Um, which I found that to be super interesting. Like if you're able to forgive, your risk for heart disease decreases. What? But it makes sense. You know, they're not holding that stress. So kind of all ties together with all those six areas of health that we had discussed at the start. All right. So now let's get to, to real uh, tactical uses of this. How, how can a clinician with or maybe a clinician without a spiritual background actually incorporate this into their plan of care? Right. I mean, it's super important. And you're right. Not everybody is comfortable. I mean, I certainly wasn't because who am I to be? You know, you don't want to come off preachy. Sure. If you do have a belief, you don't want to come off preachy. And if you don't, you don't want to come off judgmental. So there's yeah. a really fine line. So I found this cool tool and I've used it a few times when I can, when I can sense that they're uncomfortable talking about it, you know, and they, you feel like they want to say something. They might have a cross here, cross there, scripture here, or I've treated some people who are Hindu. They may not feel comfortable bringing that up. It's called the FICA tool. It's basically a screening tool, which kind of helps open up the conversation, especially if you as a clinician aren't really comfortable and don't really know how to ask, Hey, what's that over there? And what does that mean to you? So FICA, F-I-C-A, F stands for faith and belief. So the first question on the screen is, do you consider yourself spiritual or religious? So it kind of helps just to open the door in that direction. I stands for importance. 
So what importance does your faith have in your life? Have your beliefs influenced how you take care of yourself in this illness? So then it ties it back to why you're there, because if they're kind of wondering, like, where are you getting at with this? You can tie it back into the reason why you're there for the referral. B stands for community. Are you a part of a spiritual or religious community? And is this of support to you and how? Which by the time you get through F and I, you kind of can see where the conversation's going and you can kind of feel it out. And then A would be address and care. So how would you like me to address these issues in your healthcare? And I have found A to be hugely important because I've had some clients who they also don't want to, some of that's private. You know, some of that sure. is private. It's sure. their personal business and they don't want to come off as preachy or naggy or anything like that. But as soon as I bring it up that way, like, how would you like, how can I bring this into your care? They'll tell me things like, you know, I can't bow down in the pews anymore. It hurts my knees. And that brings up the conversation of, you know, how long have you had knee pain? And we can work on modifications and bringing in a pillow and maybe working on different strengthening or stretching to make that more comfortable for you. Or I don't go to church anymore because there's this huge step to get in and they don't have a ramp because it's an older church and I can't get up that step. So then it kind of starts to tie into your goals. So then they feel more comfortable talking about like, I go to church on Sunday and I do this and I do that, but then they can tie it back into the physical health and the reason why you're there to begin with, you know, address their goals and get them back out into the community. I love that tool. It, it also allows you to bring it up in a very clinical fashion and relating it to the reason that you're there, which is clinical care, but allowing right. them to bring that person. As you mentioned, you're not treating a shoulder, you're t- treating a, an individual who happen, might have a, a shoulder issue. So it allows you to bring whatever that person's comfortable talking about or how they're comfortable talking about it into the discussion or they don't have exactly. to. Exactly. Or they don't. They might just say, no, yeah, I don't consider myself religious at all. I and mean, that's fine. But at least you've at least screened and you've considered that other aspect of health that may have been something that their physician or their neurologist or someone else never even brought up before, which I do find that to happen often too. Because it's like I said, it's not a super comfortable topic to talk about, but right. I find that FICO tool really, really powerful because it gives you a clinical, like, we have this checklist, let's go through it so that it's not uncomfortable for the clinician either. What are some wrap-up thoughts that you'd want to have on spirituality and uh, working with individuals as a physical therapist? I have a strong religion and a strong base and faith. So for me personally, I find it hugely important. But I really wanted to do this talk because I know a lot of my coworkers, a lot of my friends, they don't feel comfortable bringing this stuff up. And if people get older... They're going out to church more, and that may be the only social activity they do for the week. They look forward to church because they can go to church and they can go to Waffle House after. Going to yeah. go to church, hang out with my girlfriends, go over to Waffle House. Like, that's their life. So oh, we're able it. to talk about this. I mean, I'm also in Virginia. They don't have Waffle House in New York, Jimmy, and that's where I'm that's from. What I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I love the fact you're bringing up Waffle House because some people listening to this may have never experienced Waffle House. And when you see that yellow what? background with the, with the black writing and you have an experience, stop. Oh, this my not Waffle House. But you gotta go. The Waffle yeah, House yeah. is life. <laughs> yeah, but you bring in that social component as well, as as that could be a a big function. That could be uh, an activity that is is a goal, and you could use that in your goal writing as well. I write goals for church all the time, all the time. <laughs> uh, tradition we have on the show, Alicia, is your foxtail. Why did you start to? Uh, work with older adults. What about that population drew you in? Oh my gosh, I actually get a foxtail. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm famous. So my grandmother was, um, she contracted polio when she was in her 40s. She never walked after that. And I lived with my grandmother growing up, my grandmother and my mother. And 
I used to watch her do these incredible things. Like she could do all of her own laundry, get on and off the toilet on her own, in and out of bed, in and out of her recliner. She was in her wheelchair. She was the most determined woman I'd ever seen, but she never was given the opportunity to have therapy in her home. And I just felt like she, I mean, she lived a full life, but I always wanted more for her. She was my grandma. Like I wanted her walk in and she used to love to dance. And so she was a huge inspiration for me to get into physical therapy and get out to older adults who may not have the opportunity to get therapy unless someone comes to them. And I love my grandma so much. She passed away in 2007, but she was a huge inspiration to me and a big reason why I work with older adults. I love when those stories are, uh, are, are personal and you can take that little bit, you can take part of your grandmother's uh, memory with you when you go into other mm-hmm. individual homes, no matter where you're going and where you're right. training. Uh, thank you for sharing yeah. that. I appreciate that. And thanks for going over this with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening to FoxCast PT. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.